This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, podcast listeners. Hope you're enjoying your day. Sorry it's been a while since I've posted, but been kind of busy with a lot of stuff. And there is some news that from the past few weeks I want to be able to talk about in today's podcast. I've been kind of reflecting on it for a bit. And we'll cover some, hopefully, some more updated news as well for today's podcast as well. With today's articles first, we're going to be talking a little bit about Nightscope a little bit because there was some big news from them that was as of recent. And they signed a contract for a re-signer deal with a company called... I believe it was not Interstellar. That's a movie. Uh, Weatherspoon Enterprise. They signed a contract with Weatherspoon Enterprise for them to be able to resell their robots. And we'll talk more in detail when the time comes. We also going to talk about how Saudi Aramco profits have surged 90% in second quarter amid energy price boom. And I've been talking about potentially how Saudi Aramco was going to be making a lot of money. And pretty much I was right. And so we'll talk a little bit about that in today's podcast as well. Then finally, we're going to be talking about in the past few weeks, both London and the federal government have been potentially saying we need to have water restrictions for the people in our country just to prevent this drought to potentially get worse that's happening. And some thoughts I've had about it, about why potentially desalutation plants could be the future of of potential future investments to look into potentially because... If water is becoming scarce, as they keep telling us, then desalutation plants might be the answer in the making. But that being said, guys, like I always say, beginning each podcast, I'm not your professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. I cannot legally give you financial advice in anything for any investment decisions. You need to go talk to your own professional advisor before making any financial decisions, as they would understand your financial situation a lot better than I would. Also, note too that I do have a small position in Nightscope today when I talk about them. And any of the oil companies, potentially, if I talk about Chevron and Exxon as well, that I have a small position in them as well, since we are talking about Saudi Aramco as well. But I'm not here giving you a financial advice. This whole podcast is for information and for entertainment purposes for those who are wanting to listen to this podcast in general. But I cannot legally give you financial advice. Please go talk to your own professional advisor before making any financial decisions. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast. From Mountain View, California, security service provider signs reseller agreement and contract for Nightscope, K5 Autonomous Security Robot ASR. From Mountain View, California, Nightscope, a developer in advanced physical security technologies focused on enhancing U.S. security operations, today announced that Weatherspoon Enterprise, Inc., a North Carolina-based integrated security service and solutions provider, signed a contract for a K5 Autonomous Security Robot to be used as a reseller demonstration device for its customers. Weatherspoon will actually um, integrate Nightscope's ASR into its consulting and security services to expand its offering to include the most cutting-edge technology focused on public safety. Weatherspoon CEO Charles Charles Witherspoon is an award-winning 38 law enforcement and Army veteran with distinguished career developing and overseeing threat assessments, counterintelligence to terrorism, and responding to active shooter situations, as well as securing large venues, buildings, and assets. 
He and the Weatherspoon team are well positioned to deploy the Nightscope ASR in a manner that bridges the best of both worlds. The response capabilities of human guards and the automated real-time intelligence gathering of robots to provide a complete and unparalleled safety package. Quote, we're thrilled to partner with Nightscope, a key leader the key leader responsible for bringing this much needed innovation to the physical security industry, said Weatherspoon. The collaboration is a significant step towards our mission to provide comprehensive and customized security cons consultation services with a focus on quality, performance, and cost efficiency. To kick off the announcement, Weatherspoon will host the robot, the Nightscope Robot Roadshow on September 6th at Pearl Park, 1200 Baxter, St. Charlotte, North Carolina, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Nightscope crime-fighting robots will be on hand in a space-age climate-controlled NASA-like pod, allowing attendees to experience the technology and enabling the ASR to help make sites safer from Hawaii to Texas to North Carolina. Clients, investors, and the media are all welcome to attend to learn more about, and there's no charge to visit the pod. Okay. This is this is why I think this is big news, okay? This is the second time that Nightscope has had a reseller on their side to sell their robots, okay? Granted, Nightscope did report earnings recently, and they were pretty disappointing across the board, even though profit margins, I guess, are going up a little bit, and it takes them a while after you deploy the robot once they've actually made it. But in the meantime, being able to have another company like Witherspoon, and along with Allied Universal, that are allowing you to resell the products to their customers currently as well, that's kind of a big deal because it now means that Nightscope has more, more potential clients in the making for their products and services because having a third party, I guess, in a way can help them as well. But at the same time, it also means that the technology is slowly growing just one step at a time. I mean, this is even before even the Fed announcement is supposed to be released either sometime at the end of this year or sometime by next year, okay? And when that announcement comes, when Nightscope can say we can now sell to the federal government, how much more is Nightscope going to be able to grow from there? Nightscope is, at least in my opinion, going to keep growing. And I believe once that federal announcement is made, that the stock for the company is going to make a huge jump potentially. Uh, this isn't financial advice, obviously. This is just my thinking currently right now. Because in a way, the federal government is looking for new ways to get security in. And the fact that they're already in the second stage at the federal level with only 82 companies that have been performing in the federal government currently. So keep an eye out for Nightscope for those who are listening. Because like I said, in my opinion, I think Nightscope is going to be a big technology. It's going to change the world. They still have a long ways to go. And like I keep saying, this is not financial advice, but I personally believe Nightscope is going to be potentially a company that Wall Street's going to be talking about just a little bit more soon. We'll see though. On to the next report that we're reading from CNBC. Saudi Aramco profits surged 90% in second quarter amid energy price boom. Okay. Now I had been talking about this a lot in past podcasts. And I'd ask that if you want to listen to past podcasts that you do go on and go through our channel on Anchor to be able to listen to that stuff or on Apple podcast or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on. But I've mentioned that Saudi Arabia was buying oil from Russia, reselling it to the world, at least their side of things. They weren't reselling Russian oil. They were just buying Russian oil because it's like $30 a barrel. And I had mentioned a thought that I said, there's a high probability that Saudi Aramco is going to make a ton of money. And I was pretty much right, right? At least if I remember saying about it, but pretty sure I did because I had that conclusion when I was reading about past articles about Saudi, Saudi Arabia buying oil from Russia. 
So it says here, Saudi oil giant Aramco reported a stunning 90% surge in the second quarter net income and record year results on Sunday as high oil prices continue to drive historic windfalls for big oil. Aramco said strong market conditions helped to push its second quarter net income to $48.4 billion, up from $25.5 billion a year earlier. The results easily beat analysis estimates of $46.2 billion. Our record second quarter results reflect increasing demand for our products, particularly in a low cost pr- producer with one of the lowest upstream carbon intensities in the industry, Aramco president and CEO said. Aramco said half a year net income soared to $87.9 billion, easily outpacing the largest listed oil majors, including Exxon, Chevron, and BP, and other big oil companies, which are benefiting from the commodity price boom. Oil prices surged above $130 a barrel earlier this year as the global energy crisis made worse by supply disruptions stemming from Russia's invasion of Ukraine, roiled global markets, and contributed to decade-high inflation. While global markets' volatility and economic uncertainty remains events during the first half of the year, support our views that ongoing investment in our industry is essential both to help ensure markets remain well-supplied and to facilitate an orderly energy transition, Nasser added. Aramco said it. It expects the post-pandemic requiring oil demand to continue for the rest of the decade, despite that it called downward economic pressure on short-term global forecast. The blowout's result, also a major windfall for Saudi Arabian government, which relies heavily on Aramco dividend to fund government expenditures. Hmm. Did not know that. That's an interesting thought. We'll talk about that maybe sometime in the future. The kingdom reported a $21 billion budget surplus in the second quarter. Aramco said it would maintain its dividend payment of $18.8 billion in the third quarter, covered by 53% increase in free cash flow to $34.6 billion. Okay. It says here for major gains, Aramco is using the major gains to invest in its own production cap- capabilities in both hydrocarbons and renewables while also paying down debt. Quote, we are progressing the largest capital program in our history. And our approach is to invest in the reliable energy and petrochemicals that the world, while developing lower carbon solutions that can contribute to the most broader energy transition, the company said. Saudi Arabia, along with OPEC Plus counterparts, have been under increasing pressure to boost oil output to ease high prices, company executives said. The limited global spare production capacity was a major concern for the global pricing outlook. Aramco said it achieved total hydrocarbon carbon production of 13.6 million barrels of oil equivalent per day in the second quarter and was working to boost capacity from 12 million barrels of oil per day to 13 million barrels of oil per day back by 2027. You know, in reality, Saudi Aramco is probably going to make even more money next quarter because like we've talked about in past podcasts, or at least I've mentioned it just now too, Saudi Saudi Arabia is going to buy Russian oil as long as the war with Ukraine is happening. $30 a barrel, super cheap from Russia. And then that you can just export all the oil from Saudi Aramco to the world, okay? And if oil prices stay as high as they are currently right now, which I don't know how high they are currently. I haven't checked in the oil markets as much, but they pretty much is going to be making money. It's going to be the easiest money they've ever made. And, and the other thing too, which another thought I had is, if you have a day where you're not meeting the demand of what's being needed for the world and you're Saudi Arabia, you can literally just tell Saudi Aramco like, hey, We'll give you Russian oil and you export the Russian oil to the world and we'll we'll, we'll split the profits 50-50 or whatever it is or whatever negotiation tactic that they go into with it. I mean, $30 a barrel they're buying from Russia. And if let's say oil is $110 a barrel right now, then you can pretty much 
give the Russian oil to the world and you're making profit right there and you're not losing much. I mean, the articles we've read says Saudi Arabia is pretty much using Russian oil to fund its, or at least if I remember correctly, or maybe I came up with it. I can't remember. There's, there's so many news articles I read about oil in general that that pretty much they're using Russian oil to supply their economy. And then you can pretty much boost out the Saudi Aramco oil out to the world. So Saudi Aramco is going to be making a ton of money, potentially next quarter as well. And probably for the next 10 years as well, because I do agree, there is going to be a huge demand for oil. But at the same time, things are also looking interesting. And we'll cover it in our next podcast, hopefully, about what's happening in the energy markets. But we'll save that for another day. But speaking of energy prices, energy prices could potentially lead to a new emerging technology in the making, especially if energy prices can drop a little bit. It has to deal with the drought conditions that we're currently facing. Okay. It says here from CNBC, drought conditions in Britain promote water restrictions for millions of Londoners. Okay. So here's London from London. Britain's Thames Water said Wednesday that a temporary use banning covering London and the Thames Valley would begin next week, citing unprecedented weather conditions. The ban is set to come into effect from August 24th. Domestic consumers could, could not house pipes for cleaning cars, water gardenings, and um, ultimates filling paddling pools and swimming pools and cleaning windows, the utility said. Explaining its decision, the company, one of several in England and Wales to have announced water usage limits in recent weeks, use extreme temperatures and the summer heat wave have resulted in the highest demand of water in more than 25 years. The driest July since 1885, the hottest temperature on record and the river Thames reaching its lowest levels since 2005 have led to a drop in reservoir levels in the Thames Valley and London, it said. The TUB does not apply its business, although Thames Water said it was asking those within the area to be mindful of the drought and to use water wisely. This could involve companies switching off water features on the premise and not washing their vehicles, it suggested. Implementing a temporary use ban of its customers, that, that has been a very difficult decision to make, and one which we have not taken lightly, Sarah Bentley, the Thames Water CEO, said. After months of below average rainfall on the recent extreme temperatures in July and August, water resources in our region have depleted, Bentley added. The announcement of the ban comes at a time when many water companies are facing criticism related to leaks from their pipes. For its part, Thames Water said it had teams focused on locating and fixing more than 1,100 leaks per week. When it comes to enforcement on the ban, the firm said it hoped to expect customers to continue using water wisely. Quote, if we become aware of customers' ignorance and restrictions, we'll contact them to make sure they're aware of the rules and how to and how to use water responsibly and wisely, it added. There are criminal offenses for those who repeatedly ignore requests to comply with the ban. Okay. We're not going to go into the details about the heat and drought that's happening, but needless to say, London's not the only place in the world that's feeling this as well okay even the united states government says feds call for water cutbacks to avoid a catastrophic collapse of the colorado river okay it says for the second year in a row the federal government said arizona nevada and mexico will have to reduce their water consumption the worsening drought crisis impacted the colorado river basin is driven by the effect of climate change including extreme heat and low precipitation said deputy secretary of department of the interior tommy in a statement announcing the requirement cuts the Colorado, Colorado River is 1,400, sorry, the Colorado River is 1,450 miles long and runs along the western states into Mexico. The Hoover Dam, which was completed in 1935, formed an artificial reservoir, Lake Mead. The 
Glen Canyon Dam, completed in 1963, created the artificial reservoir called Lake Powell. The Colorado River Basin has been in drought for 23 years. The water released from the two dams, Glen Canyon and Hoover Dam, will be reduced, the Department of Interior said. And the second year in a row of water shortages is a sign of severity of the drought and critically low reservoir conditions, the Department of Interior said. Every sector in the state has a responsibility to ensure the water is in use with maximum efficiency in order to avoid catastrophic collapse of the Colorado River system and future of uncertainty with and conflict. Water use in the basin must be reduced. This is from the Assistant Secretary from Water and Science Department Interior in, the, in, the, in that statement. And it says here, starting in January, Arizona have to reduce its water usage by 592,000 uh, acre feet, which is 21% of the water the state uses. Nevada will have to reduce its usage by 25,000 um, acre feet, which is 8% of the water state's water use. And Mexico will have to reduce its annual appointment by 7%. Arizona State Representative expressed frustration as the cuts and the lack of a long-term collective plan for the states to depend on the Colorado River for water. Quote, it's unacceptable for Arizona to continue to carry a disproportionate burden of reductions for the benefit of others who have not contributed. Director of the Arizona Department of Water Resources and Ted Cook, the general manager of Central Arizona Project, said in a joint statement. I think the other one was called John Tom Bushchatsky, I think you say that, but I don't want to butcher that name if that's not right. So last thing we'll read before we get into some thoughts about it. The Basin States have not yet produced a valuable plan, nor has the United States proposed a plan that achieves the protection volumes identified by the commissioner. Achieving volumes of the magnitude will take significant contributions by all water users in the Colorado River Basin. Okay, here's the thing we probably wouldn't be facing this much of a drought if we made some just smarter decisions across the board. And so we're going to give some of our ideas of what we think we need to do here on this podcast today. One of the biggest ones that I currently can think of, obviously, besides obviously saving water, is maybe farmers won't need to flood their fields as much. In all seriousness, in California in particular, they flood the fields for walnuts, if I'm not mistaken. When in reality, there was a farmer, I believe he was from Florida, that recently invented a thing called like the tree teepee or something. And it was it was on Shark Tank recently. But he had he had an invention where it just watered the roots of the tree and it would save a lot of water, a lot of money too. I mean, you can easily install all those tree teepees in a walnut field in California and you can save water that way. Another option, which is one reason why we're talking about this today, and I mentioned this earlier, I honestly believe the next potential big investment is going to be in desalutation plants. And all honestly, okay. And and this is and like I said, this is not financial advice. It's just there might be a trend heading that way soon. Okay. We're constantly facing a drought. Okay. Both London and the United States are currently facing a drought. Okay. Water is a resource that everyone needs. There even might be one day in the future, not now, there could be a day where water becomes a resource war in the making because that's how important water is. It's a thing that we never think about, but it is a very, very valuable resource, okay? The answer, I like in my honest opinion, is desalutation plants, okay? There's a couple of articles that you can read about about how desalutation plants have been working in the country of Israel. And I can't remember how many desalutation plants that they have in Israel, but... It's working in Israel, 
And then obviously they have other ways too, but according to articles, and there, of course there's articles that say that it's not working in Israel, but according to the articles from Israel in particular, Israel has so much water that they're becoming an exporter in water, okay? What's also interesting too to point out too, especially like in the state of California, okay, we only have 12 desalutation plants across the United States or at least in, in California, not across the United States. The United States, I think, has like 1,500, I think it was. But in the United States, it's not that many. But desalutation plants have more than just seawater, turning seawater into regular water. There's also turning mucky water, I believe it was, that I read into drinking water as well, okay? This is the part that frustrates me, okay? I was too busy to hear the story at the time, as someone who does live in Southern California currently right now, and who sometimes works in Huntington Beach. But this was recently released. It says, as water runs short in California, commission rejects 1.4 billion desalutation plants. Okay. It says here from Los Angeles, from CNN News. Okay. A, as California battles a historic drought and a water crisis looms, the State Coastline Protection Agency on Thursday ununanimously rejected the development of a 1.4 billion desalutation plant in Huntington Beach that would have been converted ocean water into municipal water for Orange County residents. 11 members of the California Coastal Commission voted against the facility, which water treatment developer Poseidon Water has been trying to build for decades. Poseidon said the plant would be capable of producing up to 50 million gallons of drinking water a day, helping to make the region more drought resilient. The commission which in charge will, with protecting and enhancing the state extension coastline heard public comments on the po on the project through the day Thursday with a majority of speakers opposing it. Others who expressed concern about a lack of water resources in the future argued that whenever possible, additional water resources should be developed. Poseidon released a statement following the vote thanking Gav Governor Gavin Newsom for his support and reiterating the belief that the project, a correction, the belief that the plant would be an important tool in maintaining the state water supply. This was not just a decision we were hoping for today, said Poseidon Director of Communications, Jessica Jones. California continues to face a punishing drought with no end in sight. Every day we see new calls for uh, cons conservation and reservoir levels drop to dangerous lows. We firmly believe that the desalutation project would have created a sustainable drought-tolerant source of water for Orange County, just as it has for San Diego County. But desalutation opponents argue less expensive and less harmful um, conversion, uh, sorry, convert conservation tactics should be first resorted. The commission is appointed or chosen by state law lawmakers and the governor ahead of the vote and staff recommended against the facility pointing in part to desalutation's incredible energy consumption. It impacts on marine life, projected sea levels rise and the cost of resulting water itself with the cost being passed on to consumers. Commission staff did acknowledge this report that its findings did not mean that the project is unapprovable nor that is completely against desalitation writing. Staff acknowledge the need to develop reliable sources of water in Southern California and believe that well-planned and sited desalitation facilities will play a role in providing these supplies. Desalitation works by separating the water molecules from salty seawater through reserve reverse osmosis. The leftover high salitation brim is sent back to the ocean. You know, I looked up into that after to figure out how much it does cost to desalutate a plant currently right now, okay? Right now, at least according to Google, it says here, 1,000 gallons of desalutation seawater can cost around 3 or $4. Although that might seem like much, it's still cheaper in many places to pump water out of the ground 
or import it from elsewhere, okay? But then I read other articles that said it's also based off the energy or how much it is for, I think, energy consumption in the area as well. Here's the thing. We're going to need more water in the future. Potentially, there will be a day where Wall Street and the public realizes we need more water and we're going to do whatever we can to get more water. Desalutation plants, at least in my opinion, are something to look out for in the future. And the only reason I say that is because water is just too valuable of a resource. Israel has an abundance of water right now. They're sending it out according to articles, if you read, depending on what you believe. But Israel has an abundance of water and they're sending out their water to other Middle Eastern countries. The other thing too about the desalutation plants, at least in California, there's only 12 and they're all in the Southern part of California. Something Gavin Newsom should probably think about is if he really wants a desalutation plant, maybe he should put some up in the North side too. Maybe if the North side had more water up there too, he can make a case saying that this is why we need more desalutation plants within the state of California. What's also going to be interesting too, is if this drought does continue, like they keep telling us it's a drought, will people's minds be changed? Or will we still be on this sideline of being like, there's other ways to get water out? It's hard to tell. But desalutation plants, in my opinion, they're going to be more, become more cost efficient as time progresses. Someone's eventually going to figure out how to make it so cheap that you can't ignore it anymore. And then what are people going to argue about? Oh, we can't build it because it affects the environment? Okay, fine. You, you can argue that if you really want to. But at the end of the day, we need water. And potentially in the future, desalutation plants are going to be a, a huge, huge key component in the future. At least in my opinion. It's not financial advice, guys. Just my opinion. With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast as every like and subscription that we get can help grow this channel so that we can be able to keep talking about events that are happening in the market and what trends might be happening in the future. We also ask too that if you had enjoyed this podcast, that you please also share with friends or family. And as every time we share it with friends or family, this could also grow our podcast even faster so we can be able to keep talking about these events that are happening as well. And the other thing too is they might your friends or family might enjoy the podcast as well because it's just more information out there that we don't get to hear a lot on the news. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.